0: you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter 18. We are in and asking God for and believing and seeing miracles in this, the summer of 2019. If you've had a miracle, I'd love for you to write in and tell us about it so we can put it on the wall of miracles. Yesterday at the wedding, somebody came to me and said, what's a miracle? So I had a lot of fun with that one. And, uh, and and then at the end, they said, and, and you believe that there are things like that? And I said, yes, there are. That's why we've got stories up on the, up on the wall. And so we want to put your story up on the wall. I heard, even this morning, a, a situation where a brother and sister who haven't had communication for 35 or so years, and they, they spoke to one another yesterday, and that's a miracle. And so we're, we're just believing that this will be the summer of miracles. And as with any endeavor... That's worthwhile. There's a struggle. There's intense work that's involved. There's opposition to you moving forward towards uh, and and chale- towards a target or a challenging goal. For for instance, you you may decide that um, your body isn't quite beach ready, and you decide you want to lose some of those extra pounds that have accumulated over the last little while, and so you set a goal, you you plan a strategy, and you and you. And the goal is to slim down. And the first pound or two might not be such a big deal to lose, but then the progress slows down and sometimes stops. The weather turns nasty and taking those walks or runs become inconvenient. You all of a sudden realize that you are attempting to lose weight in the celebration and festival season. That every time you turn around, there's a a banquet or a a calorie-enriched, laden dessert standing in front of you, begging not to be left to spoil. There's a a struggle when we want to reach worthwhile goals. The the work that we've been called to is worthwhile. Worthwhile. It, it's important. It has life and death consequence. It, it, it matters. It makes a difference to the people that we're called to love and to serve. And so there will be struggles. There, there will be opposition. There will be difficulty because it's a worthwhile call, a call that's on your life. And, and it can often be attached to a lot of struggle. This morning in this room, there are people who are worn out from the weight of their struggle. People who are so disappointed in what's going on around them that they've, they've not only lost the energy to fight on, they, they are starting to lose the hope. It feels like there's no more fight left in them. The scripture that I want to go to this morning is a powerful Word for each and every one of us in this place. It's a a word of instruction. It's a word of inspiration. And and I believe with all my heart that God wants to say to every one of us in this house, in this summer of miracles, don't quit. Do not walk away from the fight. Don't abandon hope. This is not the time for giving up or walking away in defeat. Just don't quit. In the book of Luke, chapter 17, 18, and 19, Jesus is traveling with his followers, and he's taking the time that they're together to to talk a lot about things that matter. He's he's giving a series of teachings on what it meant to to the followers of Jesus, things that they had to change and to, to adopt, attitudes that they had to bring on board qualities and character that they needed to adopt and hone in order to build and extend the kingdom of God. He he teaches about the importance of being grateful, of being thankful. He, He gives instruction about being aware and tuned into who God is and what God is doing rather than what you know, what you perceive, what you understand. But then he gets to chapter 18, and and Jesus gives a story and an illustration on the importance of being unstoppable in persistence. Listen to the opening sentence in this chapter. It's, It's so important. Chapter 18 of Luke, verse 1. One day, Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and that they should never give up. One of the qualities that Jesus wants to find in his disciples, in his followers, is the ability to fight through whatever stands in front of them, not to stop fighting until they see breakthrough. Till they win the battle that's in front of them. These are the words of Jesus to you and to me this morning. I want you to hear the story that will change your attitude, change your approach. I want you to know that you should never give up. That as a follower connected to Jesus, there is never a reason to stop. Never. Let, let that settle on you this morning. When I say those words, I, I, I'm willing to guess that when I say the phrase, Jesus told his disciples never to give up, I, I'm almost positive that most of you in your mind went to the difficulty of a situation in your world that seems impossible right now. One, one that you've wrestled with, worried over, struggled with over and over and over again. And have seen things either get worse or not improve at all. There's, a, there's something that just gets stuck when you hear me say, don't ever give up. It's, it's important to not only see that Jesus says that we should never give up, but that he ties the persistence to that word. He, he told his followers a story to show that they should always pray and they never should give up. Those two, two phrases, always pray and never give up, are, are united. They're tied together. They're codependent on one another. Always pray, never give up. You you can measure your discouragement here this morning by how strong the desire is that you have right now to suddenly develop a tickle in your throat that needs a drink of water. And once you're at the fountain, the plan is to keep heading to the the parking lot and keep on going. Because this is not what you want to hear. I just want to stop. I just want to quit. But hold on. Don't give up. So so Jesus ties the principle to a story. He he illustrates a a simple tale, a a short little word picture, but a super important thing to see. There are only two characters in this this story and and very little extra information. The, The first character is a widow who has been victimized by an injustice. We're not given details, but she has an enemy, and that enemy has done or is doing something that is illegal, unkind, and that is harmful to that woman. She's unable to fix it on her own. She's tried talking to the person. She's tried everything that she knows, but there is no solution in her wheelhouse. So she's going to court. She's appealing before a local judge and asking him to intervene on her behalf, petitioning him to put a stop to the unjust practices of her enemy. Now, she knows three things about the judge. She knows that he is not a God-fearing, God-loving person. His heart doesn't burn with a desire to set the world right. In fact, he's hard-hearted. He's cynical. He, he, he doesn't believe that things will change or can change. He, he's thankful that he has a job, that he has a status that he carries in the community, and that every two weeks a paycheck comes into his bank account. So being who he is, the widow knows that she can't appeal to his moral code. He, he doesn't care about God. He doesn't care about what's right or strengthening to to her he he doesn't care about any of it he just doesn't care about god what's more he doesn't care about people they are necessary they're necessary evil that a judge has to endure in his line of work. And as he sits on the bench, he, he isn't moved by stories uh, that he hears or the pain that he sees in the, the eyes of those who appear before him. He, he's disillusioned with people and he's given up on them and, and can say with certainty to everyone who comes into the courtroom, I don't like you. I I don't care about what happens to you, so don't look at me with those puppy dog eyes hoping to evoke a loving, compassionate response out of me because it's not going to happen. I don't like people. So that's not really helpful in her case. The final thing that she knows about him is that despite his spiritual status, despite his lack of compassion, he has one thing going for him. And and that is something that she desperately needs. He has the authority to act. He has the power of government, the backing of every law agency in the country to make his verdict stand and to see that it's carried out to the letter of the law. In her predicament, she she can't make anything of of the injustice stop on it. On its own. She's tried everything that she knows to do, but the wrong still continues, the hurt still comes. But the judge, he he's different. He he has an authority. He's given an authority by a higher power to make the injustice stop. So this woman goes to the judge and she ignores. His moral shortcomings, and she pushes past his compassion deficit, and he aims, and she aims for the, the authority that he carries. You are a judge, she says. You, you have the ability to make this stop, and so I'm asking you to do your job. Hear the evidence, rebuke the injustice, reinstate the the safety, the peace of mind that comes in a state of law and order. I'm asking you to do your job. She asks not once or twice, but every time he turns around, there she stands, there she is, pleading her case, constantly appearing in front of him and making her her desire known. Judge, judge, Do your job. Verse 4 says, The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. We're just going to step out of the story for a moment and give men some helpful hints here. Don't even think that. Never mind. Say it out loud. It's not worth it, okay? Back into the story. She's driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she's wearing me out with her constant requests. For as long as he's able, he has ignored her. He has pretended that she doesn't exist. He has had to hear her plea, but he's pretended that he's not heard it. He's just ignored her. But the, act, or, but the fact of the matter is, is that this woman had gotten under his skin. Everywhere he goes, there she is. Every time his ears are even a little bit open, there is that voice pleading her case. And he said these words... I have to make it stop. I'm going to lose my mind. But the irritating persistence of this woman's request for justice not only made the judge crazy, but he, it, it, it pushed him to action. His reasoning was was this. If I do what he asks, if I get her the justice that she requests and desires, then maybe she'll go away. Maybe she'll let me get back to my quiet little world where I don't deal with God, don't deal with people in trouble. So he did what was right. He did what she requested. He brought the justice. This story that Jesus told so that we would always pray. He he told this story so that we would always pray and we would never give up. How how does Jesus make the leap from from the story to make it a lesson that's going to help you, help me in our battles? I I want you to listen. Verse 6, then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge even if he rendered a just decision in the end, don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? The picture is this. Here's a woman who's got her back up against the wall, and on top of that, there's this judge who won't do his job. And she just says, I know the statutes are written to protect me and to bring me peace and comfort. And so I'm going to just stay here. I'm going to holler. I'm going to demand. I'm going to appear before his face until I get what I need. And and Jesus says, if that woman in that situation, can he get even a hard-hearted, spiritually defunct judge to bring justice? How much easier, how much better is it for you who appear before the judge of all the world who does right every single time? How how much easier is it for you to go to him? In a secular setting, persistence pushed this judge to action pressured him to make the right decision. So if a bad judge will do the right thing when pressured to do so, don't you think that God, the good judge, will do what's right? Do you know his heart or do you not know his heart? Is he a loving father who hears and answers prayer? Or is he a hard-hearted judge that will keep shutting the door and putting off making reasonable decisions Decisions that will release the authority that he holds to make things right. What do you know about God? This story, this lesson of Jesus has so many layers to it. In, in our personal, in our private Situations where we are struggling with a, a constant pressure, with a, the with disappointment and delays in answered prayer that, that keep threatening to push us back and, and, until we want to quit, until we want to stop. The opposition to our mission. This, this is a powerful message for us personally. God, the judge of all the earth, hears, responds to your cry, Day and night. He he will answer. That that has great comfort to me. It, It encourages me. It inspires me to boldly make my way into his throne room and ask for the things that I have need of. However, I also remember the occasion in which this teaching come. Jesus is getting his disciples ready to take over the work that he's been doing. Jesus has called his followers together and saying, listen, I'm going to leave the business to you and I'm going to ask you to take over and to preach the, the good news of Jesus and his intervention in the lives of people. And in doing that, I want you to understand that you're going to run into lots of opposition. Ephesians chapter 6 says in verse 12, For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. We're fighting against evil rulers and authorities of unseen worlds. Against mighty powers in this dark world. And against evil spirits in heavenly places. So so on a larger horizon, we... We see the illegitimate authority of our enemy stealing life, stealing hope and destiny from people that we care about, people that we're invested in. And the authority being exerted comes from mighty powers based in in a dark world, based in evil spirits that dwell and rule out of this earthly realm. A realm that is beyond our full understanding and beyond our current pay grade to deal with. And like the woman who herself couldn't correct the injustice but went to a judge didn't give up, even though he was morally uninvolved, compassionately unavailable, but could be moved to action by annoying persistence, we have the ability to cry out day and night to pray to one who has all power, all authority, who has sent his Son to destroy the works of the devil, who empowers his followers to petition and ask for the authority of heaven to be released and for justice to be restored. Remember when he... When asked to teach us how to pray effectively, he says, "I, I'll give you a, I'll, I'll give you a pattern. I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you a, a template. And at, at one point, the prayer goes this way: King Jesus, in this situation, in this circumstance, in this world where I am plugged in, I need to let. I need to ask you." Let your kingdom come to its rightful place and authority. Let your will, let your purpose for the earth, for people, for for situations that I'm connected with here on earth be carried out even as it is in heaven. He's teaching us right at that point to petition for the authority of God to come and to bring justice to an illegitimate regime. The delay that we experience, unlike the woman of the story, is not because of a hard-hearted judge who is unwilling to be involved in difficulties, needs to be cajoled into action. Our fight comes because we're taking on deeply entrenched powers who've held illegitimate authority for too long, and they resist the challenge of their false authority. We... They, they've just had squatters right for so long that when we come and say, listen, this property isn't yours. You've got to get off. They, they squawk about it and they just say, make me. Make me. Jesus says in this constant struggle that we go through, always pray. Connect with God constantly. In your worship, always pray, exalt the greatness, exalt the majesty of God. Be reminded every single day how big, how great, how powerful He is. Remind yourself that His authority is final, it's complete, it's unchallenged, it's unmatched. At at, at one Future point, every dissenting voice, every stubborn and rebellious knee will be forced to both declare who Jesus is and bow in submission to his authority. I, I love that picture in my head when I'm praying for something that seems impossible. You're trying to intimidate me, you think you're bigger, you think you know more, but I know this, one day... You who are telling me lies about God, you who are standing there saying it's impossible, one day your knee will bow in submission and your voice will have to declare, He is Lord. Don't be bullied into believing a lie about any situation that, that somehow, for some unknown reason, this... Cannot, this situation cannot, this problem can never be changed because in our worship we are reminded over and over again that in, with God nothing's impossible. Everything is possible. Be a worshiper of the all-powerful God. Always pray. In your petitioning, in your asking God for his intervention, picture the situation as a as a fortress, as a, as a stronghold that is standing there and you are just going around declaring the promises of God, beating on the wall till it cracks and crumbles, hitting at the gates until they fall in. You're, you're, you're part of Joshua's tribe, making strongholds fall down. Go around and Make declarations from the Word of God towards that stronghold. I speak to this mountain with the authority that God has given me, and I declare that you will be moved out of the way, and you will be put into the sea so that the purposes of God can proceed. When you're praying about sickness, I have a truth to declare. By His stripes we are healed. We are healed. Financial difficulty. You're going to go broke. This isn't going to succeed. They're going to come and take everything you have. I know that my God shall supply every need according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Batter the walls with truth until they crack and until they crumble. Speak to resistant gates that stay locked and blocked from the releasing of captives. I remind you that you're not that big a gate, that you're not that important a gate. Jesus said that he has gate-crashing powers and that the gates of hell cannot prevail against the purpose of God. You will open. You will give up your captives. Always pray. I remind you that prayer is two-way communication. If, if you stand in expectation, if you, if you stand before God and believe that He hears and that He answers prayer, then you believe that He will speak, and, and then you can expect that He will give you a strategy. He will tell you the what, the where, the when, the how of the plan. The promise is that you ask him, he will show up, and he will say, this is the path, walk in it, and you will, I will direct your paths. Always pray, never give up. Speaking of the heart of the judge of all the earth, who, who has all authority and ability, Jesus says in verse 8, I tell you the truth, the good judge will grant petitioners justice quickly. I I love that phrase. The good judge will grant petitioners justice. In that whole phrase, the only thing that I have struggled with is that last word, quickly. My my quickly and God's quickly are two different quicklies and two different time measurements. My, My quickly means you'll do it yesterday. God's quickly is in his perfect timing. As, as, as eternal God who views time in a different way than I do, who sees a thousand years as one day and who is powerful enough to accomplish a thousand years of accomplishment in one day, quickly is a different thing. There's just no telling when when quickly will appear. But the promise is that he will make sure that justice is done, that strongholds are broken, that captives are set free, that sight is restored to the blind, and that the favor of the Lord is released in the earth because we've asked, because we've prayed, because he is a just God. After the bold declaration that justice will be granted quickly, there comes, comes a sentence that can appear to be negative, Can appear to be darkly out of place. We we just have to work a little to see what it really means. Jesus asks this question. When I return to collect my people, how many people will I find on the earth that have faith? At first glance, it appears that That he's hinting at some great falling away. That the ranks of the faithful will shrink to almost nothing. That discouraged, distraught people will give up, will walk away. They've stopped praying and they've agreed to all give up and desert the cause and quit. But that's not what he's saying. That's not what he's suggesting. The question is placed at the feet of the disciples he's speaking to and at our feet this morning. When I return, will I find you always praying and never giving up? When I return, will I I find you out battering down gates and walls of injustice so that captives of injustice can receive the kind, gracious help of God? That's our assignment. That's what we're supposed to do. And he says, when I come back, will you be at, at work? Will you be doing what you're supposed to be doing? Listen to these words out of the message. Then the master said, Do you hear what the judge, corrupt as he is, is saying? So what makes you think God won't step in and work justice for his chosen people who continue to cry out for his help? Won't he stick up for them? I assure you, he will. He will not drag his feet, but... How much of that kind, persistent faith will the Son of Man find on the earth on the day that He returns? Will you be, will I be persistent in our faith and fight for miracles today? Will, Will I be fighting the forces of an illegitimate power till my My God answers, and my assignment is accomplished. What what does it look like in your world, this praying and never giving up, this this battling until we have breakthrough? I will tell you what it looks like in, in my world right now. There are desperate people who are being tormented by fear, and insecurity. We're being rattled by doubt and it's causing them to lose their confidence in God. I I know that the justice in His kingdom is a perfect peace that guards both their hearts and their minds in Christ Jesus. So I battle daily at the walls and at the gates for the peace of God to rule over those hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The justice of God to break through the walls of faith or walls of fear. And bring peace. There are relationships. Of mine that have been injured and twisted. And now good friends are separated and are at odds. And living in a disunity that was never intended to be the norm. So I stand at those walls and I pray and I declare and I fight that injustice and I ask for the righteous judge to set everything right. I, I remind the mountain that's in front of me that unity will be restored, that the blessing of God will come when there is a unity restored and then we will be unstoppable. I have a whole section of time For people that are sick, who are weak, in any way suffering physically, mentally, or emotionally. And the list is long these days. But but healing is the part of the new covenant that Jesus promised. And so I go to an illegitimate power and I call for the justice of God to destroy those strongholds. You have no right. You have no standing here. His stripes were available for healing for all. For all disease. Mrs Hansen can you come to the to the keyboard please I I walk sometimes I drive through Marlborough and Strathmore and I fight for people who have a destiny in God and yet at this very moment they don't know and they don't care that God loves them and he has something Incredible for them. There, there's sometimes that I'm driving through and I, I stop at a house and I can't, I don't know who lives there. I don't know what goes on behind, but I, I just feel that there's there's a reason for me to stop and just say, God, behind that door, there's someone that has a destiny in you. Help us to reach them. Help us to break that wall down. I come up against corrupt systems that have no heart, have no compassion. I fight for the people who are being ground up in the weight and the nonsense of systems that are evil in the hopes that they will give up and walk away. And I say, God, your kingdom come here. Your will be done here as it is in heaven. Will you stand with me? That very impossible situation that you had this morning that came to mind when I said, always pray, never give up. I want you to start calling out right now for that situation because that's the one that needs to be attacked first. That's the one that we start bashing in first. Start calling out to God. Call on names. Make your requests known boldly before the Lord. Make sure He knows that you're passionate, that you're not going to give up, that you know He's the only answer. Make sure that He knows that you are believing and trusting and knowing that He's a God who hears and answers and will answer prayer.